Welcome to the Equipping Podcast. My name is Nathan, and I'm here with my guest co-host, Briggs. How's it going? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good now. All right. This is part three of three with the Eubank family from Free Burma Rangers. And in this episode, we're going to talk to Dave Eubank and also a documentary filmmaker, Chris Sinclair, who is currently finishing up work on a film that features the Eubank family. Just like the previous podcasts, this podcast contains content that some listeners might find disturbing. So listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Equipping Podcast. This is part three and the final part with Dave Eubank. Dave is part of the Free Burma Rangers. He's uh, founded the organization and is leading it. And they go all over the world, primarily in the Middle East and Southeast Asia, some North Africa, to uh, basically help people who need immediate relief. And so really cool. Been uh, talking to him for the past couple of weeks. So Dave, welcome back, man. Thanks. And then we also have a guy who has been working on a documentary film about Dave and his family, a guy named Chris Sinclair. So Chris, welcome to the podcast, Thanks man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, David, I started following you a couple of years ago, but then I also saw you um, on the world news and uh, uh, you guys were pushing into Mosul and, and a tank was in front of you. And obviously all the civilians were leaving, they're getting gunned down. But there's a little girl who is, who survives this barrage and you run over and grab her and save her life. And I'd love to hear an update on what happened to that girl. Have you um, have you been able to link back up with her? What's what's the rest of that story? Right. And, and that story involved prayer, people praying for us and, of course, getting us there to start mm-hmm. with. Yep. And my chaplain um, t- from Thailand calling me on the phone, praying for me. And I felt an infusion of mm-hmm. faith. You ever had that when someone prayed for you? All of a sudden you're like, whoa, I'm ready. And the Americans, um, in that case, uh, there was a General uh, Richardson and then followed by General Efflant that gave us a lot of air support, which is not normal, right? I've been out a long time on an unsecure iPhone and we need smoke to save these people. We're going to do it. Mm. This is General Efflant. That's amazing. Mm. First Armored Division. Mm. And... They, they gave us smoke, but that, that wasn't enough because there was anti-tank systems, machine guns, mortars, RPGs coming from this hospital controlled by Chechens at that point, S- smoking anything on the street. The Iraqis gave us armor, gave us a tank. When he says Chechens, they're like ISIS is one thing, but Chechens are typically known for their proficiency in war, right? right. I mean, they're better trained, typically better equipped. So it's one thing fighting like the regular ISIS guys. It's another thing when the Chechens are there. Right. They yeah. come from Russia to help, yeah. Yeah. The, to help ISIS. Yeah, right. And, and we could tell the efficiency. In fact, we try to take that hospital from the north side. We um, were stopped. Our entire brigade stopped. Pretty decimated. Literally decimated. The word is decimated. Like you move the decimal point. We had a, brig- a battalion come and reinforce us right away. 22 guys shot. And mm-hmm. my, my medics and I were pulling them out. A big fight. We lost, actually. Yep. We couldn't go that way. So as the Iraqi army is repositioning around the other side of the city, try to take it from another angle people are starting to flee and they're getting gunned down by ISIS. And that's when we were, that's when we saw this kid still alive among 150 dead people. So the rescue occurred because of prayer, because of American smoke, because of Iraqi tank, because of uh, the team that was with us, all of us together to get that, that girl out. But afterwards, General Mustafa, um, I gave her to Karen at the casualty collection point and we took care of her for about a week. But after that, General Mustafa found her grandmother down in Diyala, which is near Baghdad, very far from Mosul. And reunited her. Now, the whole time 
This little girl named Demoa, which means tear, was with us. She never smiled, hardly talked, just asked for her mother. She's been under her dead mother for three days, holding on. Oh, wow. Everybody else dead around. Yeah. In fact, when I pulled her off under fire, I had to yank her off her mother. She would not let go of her dead mother. Yeah, the mother's yeah. bloated now. It's, you know, yeah. the third day in the heat, dead bodies everywhere. Oh man, that's all she knew. She was alive because she hid under her mother. Yeah. When we first saw on the street, there was five to seven kids alive wandering around. They died one by one before we could do the rescue. So, which is kind of a point of life, maybe in some cases, we try our best mm-hmm. to do something. Mm-hmm. In real life, you can rarely help everybody. When we started, there was two men alive and maybe seven kids. By the time we did the rescue, there's only one kid left alive and two men. By the, and during the rescue, we lost one of the guys. Mm-hmm. So that's all we did. Mm-hmm. But I was like, wow, what, what does that mean? I'm not even sure what that means. Yeah. Why couldn't we do more? We did the best we could do. It wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. But we were able to save that girl and this one man. Anyway, General Mustafa found the grandmother. And we went back after the battle. To, to Erbil, northern Kurdistan, which is nor- northeast Iraq. And we got Muhammad, my new Christian driver, been shot six times, saving mm-hmm. my translator who died later. Muhammad drives down to Diala and brings her back. And when the grandmother saw me, she dropped to her knees and started to kiss my feet, mm-hmm. which was a shock and embarrassing. I pick her up. Hey, no, no. She goes, I swore to God I'd kiss the foot of the man who saved my granddaughter because I would be dead. I've lost my whole family. And nothing left but that granddaughter. And I thought she was dead. And I found out she's alive and you saved her. You saved my life. Mm-hmm. Then she said, I had this vision while this was happening, not knowing it was happening. You know, we figured it out later that a man, a beautiful man shining in white, with piercing, burning eyes came to the scene in Mosul of dead bodies and then picked my granddaughter out of among the dead and saved her. Who was that man? And I said, that was Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Jesus sent us. And I remember when I was getting ready to run by, by behind the tank, we we're taking so much fire. You just know this is not, you're going to get shot. Maybe you're going to die. Yeah, yeah. You can't do this. Yeah. And I thought, well, if I die, my wife and kids will understand. It's to save this kid. Mm-hmm. And I just said, Jesus, help me. And I believe he was with me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you watch that tape, it's not beautiful. I'm, I'll be 58 like next week. I'm not beautiful and I don't run fast anymore. And you know, nothing is quick, Yeah. but I think in life for all of us, when Jesus helps us, it doesn't matter our limitations. Mm. It doesn't matter mm. if we're obedient to him, he will get something done that needs to get done. So I believe that was God's work and a bunch of people helped mm. and were involved. So now we're reunited with the grandmother and the, and the, and the little girl and mm. an aunt and the little girl, Demoa was smiling. I'd never seen her smile and laughing. And my kid, my daughters took her to the mall and give her ice cream and run around playing with her. And she's smiling and laughing and even being a little brat and poking (laughs) at us. Wow, God, thank you. We could be part of this. And so I pray that Demoa will um, learn about Jesus and follow him. Mm -hmm. And I pray she'll be healed. She has many scars. She's not going to forget those days. And her grandmother just sent a message. How old is she? She's just turned six. Okay, yeah. Her grandmother says she remembers everything about that day. She remembers you. And she remembers her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but I pray that, you know, not that she'll forget, we don't forget those things. Mm-hmm. But one thing I was taught early in seminary, which was a great lesson, you can live well with sorrow, you can't live well with shame. So Jesus comes to take our shame away. But mm-hmm. sorrow is about love. 
Yeah. It's okay. You, yeah. We can cry every day about something, but live a good life. Sorrow is evidence that you love deeply. Right. And that's a good thing. Right. And you know what? I think too, as we kind of transition to talk about just the practicalities of the audience that's listening, because I mean, let's be honest, like you probably a lot of people listen to this right now are just like, man, I, that's like, that's like special forces Christianity. Like I'm never going to do that. I'm, I feel like a little bit like I'm not really in the fight or something like that. You know, this is a pretty common emotion that a lot of people feel. And, and yet, just like we talked about last time, um, Jesus has given us and, and is forming uh, the body of Christ. And not everybody is called to do what, you know, Dave and Karen and their family are called to do. And that doesn't make their mission or their, uh, their work that of them being faithful to Jesus any less important than what you're doing out in Mosul or whatever. I mean, the reality of it is, is that the kingdom of God is, is moving all over the world and including in the office of, you know, somebody who's executing a business transaction right now. I've been reading through the gospels over the last six months, just like over and over. Like I read Matthew to John and then I start over in Matthew and read to John. And it, you know, it's just, it's been a really good exercise for me. And probably the number one takeaway just in my time with the Lord over the last six months is that Jesus is intensely interested and, and um, cares for the vulnerable and the oppressed. That's just who God is. But just like Demoa, there's kids like that all over the world. Maybe they're not hiding under their dead mother's body, but there's kids like that all over the world. And, and it does seem like this huge, massive problem that's almost like not winnable in some ways. And yet Jesus is still moving in all of that and is calling people to do things. And so as we are looking at the Free Burma Rangers and organizations like you, um, guys like Chris come along and he's using his giftedness to tell a story and to tell a story and, and to use an art form to be able to get the word out that, hey, this is going on right now. And uh, so, Chris, talk about why you wanted to feature the Eubank family and what that process has looked like and how our listeners can get involved in what you're doing. Yeah, it's been a lifelong dream to tell a feature documentary story about insane, crazy missionaries <laughs> and why they do what they do. Yeah, nice. No, that's. Um, I think the last ninety minutes of podcast uh, have kind of left a clear example on what people can learn from people who are put into extraordinary contexts mm-hmm. and given a certain set of circumstances and, um if there's any walls that narrow in it's it's the limited options that you have obey or disobey say yes or say no go or don't go there's not a lot of gray room mm-hmm. where uh, they live and they operate and i think there's a lot of um there's a lot of gray room sometimes uh in different circumstances where we can get more comfortable um there's seemingly more options but there's really always a little bit more black and white. We were talking about this a little bit last night at dinner. So there's a lot of inspiration to be had and lessons to be learned. And so that's, that's one of the main things we want to focus on with this film is, is give space to uh, understand a lot of the why um, on not so much. Well, yes, the what, but let's move past the what and get, get, get onto the why they do what they do. How did you first hear about Dave? Uh, we met on the internet. 
Uh, <laughs> Were you just like looking for stories or, I mean, I, as a, I know as a film director, you're like, yeah, I'd spent some time in Asia and was interested in Burma and I wanted to access the refugees. So I found free Burma Rangers online, emailed, he said, like he says to all journalists or anyone who wants to tell a story and advocate and shine a light on what's going on in Burma. Yes, come on. So I joined him for two weeks on a mission in Burma in 2004, I believe, maybe 2005. Yep. And we've kept in touch and spent time together ever since. Yeah. And so how long has the documentary film, how long has it been in production? I started actively filming for this documentary in 2013, but we're resourcing footage that I've shot since 2004, along with multiple other people who have uh, taken footage of them in different conflict uh, yeah. zones around yeah. the world. So, What's the purpose of this? What, what would you love to see this film do? Um, I think this film has the ability to churn hearts for people who don't identify as believers um, as well as people who are believers mm. or state they are. Uh, it will, we want people to take a deeper look at, at the lowest level, who is Jesus and what can he do? Mm. How does he move in people's lives? And, the surface stuff is all of the the facts and, and the, the geography and the circumstances, but let's quickly move beyond that and have a deeper discussion about what the essence of life is, um, what our purpose is, what we can do if we say yes, how God might be able to use us mm -hmm. in a variety of different circumstances. So we just want to give space and voice and testimony to that. Yeah. But yes, we also want people to know about uh, the experiences of people in you know, far off lands around yeah. the world um, and be able to empathize with them and, and have a deeper love for them as well. Yeah. People who need their story told. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What Dave, what's your goal with this? Well, in December, 2012, after a training of relief teams, we we're up in a village called the Dada, the same one that Karen was getting shelled. And yeah. she was saying, you know, God, what am I doing here as a mom? Yeah. And the same one, the girls had to lead the, our team, new teams on yeah, the rice, at the rice midnight, fields, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the same place. And I, I just felt this growing desire. I wanted to tell a story, you know, mm -hmm. responsibility. You told my responsibility in, in the beginning, mm -hmm. being a responsible parent, being responsible, this or that. It, the meaning is the ability to respond. Do we have the ability to respond? This responsibility is, mm. can, do we have the ability to respond? And I had the ability to respond to what, God had done to change my life and what I'd seen him do in other people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to, as a gift back or an offering, I would say an offering back to God, God, thank you for what you've done. Here's, here it is. I mean, it's like a painting a picture mm -hmm. here it is. And then to the people that support us and anyone else in the world, I hope a gift back saying, thanks for being in this with us. We're not doing this alone at all. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the many things you all are involved in. Thank you. And I've said, I, we need to make this, we need to make a, a video and I'll do it myself. It will be horrible, yeah, but yeah. my mom will like it, <laughs> but at least I would have done it. And you know, sometimes that's all, that's what you need to do. Yeah. And if that's all God requires, that's all you have to do. But when I brought that up, um, Chris said, I'll do it. There's no money. There's nothing. He says, I'll do it. Well, he's professional. I thought, mm. really? You really want to do this? Yeah. Yes. So then we start in the mission, which was January, 2013. And he started filming. And started following us. He came to the States. He was with us when he, you know, Pete's the youngest guy to climb the Grand Teton and Rainier at six. And 
um, doing rodeo and skydiving. And Chris went with us through everything. Yeah, nice. And then followed us in, in Burma. So I hope the story, Chris was asking me last night, um, is, well, what's the arc or has there been a change in, in you all these years? Well, many things have changed. But one thing has not changed is I want to serve Jesus and help people and be his servant um, wherever he sends me. I think one thing has changed is the intensity of that motivation mm. and the straightening out of that drive, which I would say more and more my biggest desire is one, follow Jesus and be his ambassador, but two, that others may know him and be healed and freed by him mm. because he's the only one who can do it. Mm. And I think that's grown. That's gotten deeper. That's by God's grace and the patience of God and other people. And as you've cooperated with him, I mean, there had to be your yes. I mean, like you said, there, sometimes you're in a context where it's either obey or disobey, and there's not a whole lot of gray area there. The power of the yes, not just once, over and over and over and over. And that translates from military contexts. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why you train. You just muscle memory of, and it's not just a yes. It's a yes that's confirmed by Christ. It's a yes that's where Jesus is like, okay, I'm asking you to do this and now I'm coming through and you're watching me come through over and over and over and over again. And that builds faith. You know, it, it, it strengthens that line and, and solidifies it. So what, what would you tell picture our audiences in the studio with us now? And there's, they're young professionals, they're um, struggling moms, they're, you know, people who um, have the nine to five job and are just, you know, kind of they get home and are just mentally or physically exhausted. And it's, you know, dinner, bath and bed and go to bed and wake up the next morning and do it again, you know. And what, what do you tell what do you tell them? Uh, first, I'd say thanks. Thanks for investing. What God has given you back into this church. Mm. It's a great investment. Mm -hmm. Who else is going to do it? This is a light in Dallas, a light in Texas, a light to the world. And this church and all churches mm -hmm. that follow Jesus. And so you're investing in the greatest thing you can invest in for the good of other people, but also for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful um, to Chris and Dave and Brent on this team making this video and all those that supported it, because I think they're helping to shine a light on this is one thing of many the church does. Right. This is one thing we're all called to do. And when we're not sure what to do, ask Jesus for love. Mm -hmm. We can do that. It doesn't matter where you are. Because as you were saying earlier, no one thing is important than the other. Mm -hmm. We're all part of God's kingdom right. in this. And we all have different battles. Some battles in America are much harder to fight. I'm, thank God I don't have to fight them. Mm -hmm. I'm here like a few days or months. I'm gone. Yeah. Don't have to do that. Some battles may be where we are. Some people may think they're hard, but whatever they are, um, Jesus is bigger than any problem, anything we have. And the church is the place where we all come together to affirm that and help each other. Mm. So I'm grateful. I think there's, there's definitely a sense of um, where, where are you today? Where are you right now? What is Jesus asking you to do right now? Um, and what does your yes look like? I mean, and, and I think that that regardless of where you are, whether you're 
in an office building or a home or at, in your car right now or whatever it is. We were talking about this yesterday, uh, Briggs and I. Like a, a lot of times we have this this idea that, man, I've I've got to I have to be where the action is, you know, and we, we don't really know how to define that. We don't really know how it's very subjective. Like, where is the action? And and a lot of us are thinking, man, if I if I just had this over there, then my life would be complete. Or if I just had this experience or man, if I was like Dave and I was doing this, man, I, I would be so fulfilled, you know, and and uh, a lot of people fall into that trap um, quite a bit. We were talking yesterday this like actually because I, I, mean, I was driving down the road with Briggs and I was like, no, I think the Lord wants me to be right here right now with you having this conversation. And I don't want to be anywhere else because this is where Jesus has me. And I've got to ask the question, what's my yes right now? What does it look like to be faithful to Jesus right now? And the reality of it is, is, I mean, you can attest to this. I mean, you can do all the crazy things in the world, but if that, if that inner life that's cultivated only by the, the spirit and walking in step with the spirit and, and giving Jesus your yes um, it, you could have all the crazy experiences in the world, but you're empty inside. It's not fulfilling. Um, and so I think that's, that's a really important message to get across to people is you can be faithful where you are, where God's placed you, um, right now. So Chris, tell us how we can support you, man. What do you need from us? You know, the, the journey to finish the film is, is getting closer. It's, it's been a long road. Um, we've had, um, we couldn't, get this far without a number of different partners who've contributed in a number of different ways from production to coordination, to funding, to prayer, to opening doors of opportunity to meet other people. Um, I'd say right now the uh, different ways to get involved would be to visit the website and kind of see what we have outlined. What, there. what is the website? FBRmovie.com. So go check that out. And then Dave, what do you need from us? Well, prayer for Chris, for, for Chris, Dave, and Brent's movie, yeah, Freedom Ranger movie. Not even sure if that's going to be the title. That's the working title, but pray that, that God gives them the, the inspiration, mm. that they, they are very talented and dedicated and brave, committed people, and they need God's breath through that mm. to, to make it sink. Yep. And that's prayer um, and whatever else they need. Chris will come with us in a few days to Iraq to spend a, a about a week and we need prayer to get to the places we want to go. We'll yeah. be there for about a month. We're trying to get in Syria as well. Cause we have work there. Mm-hmm. But now that ISIS has been pushed down, they're not done. There's 20,000 right. of them left, yeah, but totally. they don't control terrain. Um, now they've been pushed down. There's much less unity. Mm-hmm. So before, let's say we'd be in a stretch of highway in Iraq with three checkpoints, it takes an hour and a half from A to B. Last time it's similar place, 13 hours, hundred and 13 hours, 60 checkpoints, rival groups. They don't want you to go help those guys. Hmm. So without prayer, without God's help, we're not going to get it anywhere. Yeah, right. So we, that's number one. The prayer for them, they're doing the film. Prayer for us as we go on this next mission. Hmm. And then the balance, because our main effort is still Burma. We have 70 to 80 teams there all the time. So the work in Burma, the work in Iraq, the work in Syria, we've been to Sudan a couple of times. That's prayer. Yeah. Um, for protection, for purity in, hmm. our, in, our, in our lives, in our motives, hmm. in our, ourselves. Hmm. Um, because I love this church, I'll be praying for y'all for mm. all those things mm. and that the gates of hell will not prevail. And that's mm. a promise from Jesus. The mm. gates of hell will not prevail against your church. That means you're moving forward. Mm. They're gates. Yeah. You're, you're moving. Yeah. yeah. And this is the big battleship you got here mm. to launch the attacks and they're all under the banner of love. Mm. 
I think those are our main um, main requests. If you're interested in the Free Burma Rangers, our website is www.freeburmarangers.org, and you can go on there and see what we do. I love it. Chris, thanks for your faithfulness to tell this story, man. I'm super excited about the film coming out. Thanks. And Dave, man, thank you so much for being our guest over the last three weeks. We really appreciate it. There have been times when I've, for whatever reason, the Lord's brought you, you guys to mind and have definitely prayed Great. for you. And uh, we'll continue to do that as the Lord leads and would encourage all you guys listening in um, to also pray for the Eubank family and everything they're doing. And, uh, and then if you don't take anything else away from, you know, these last three weeks, I would just ask you, ask Jesus, what do you have for me today? And respond in faith to him and watch what he does. It's amazing. And let everything you do be done in love. We hope you enjoyed this series with the Eubank family. As always, subscribe, tell your friends, and email us at equippingpodcast at watermark.org.